Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 360. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we look upon the new candidacy of Mike Pence and we say, oh, sweetheart. I'm your host, Nikine Farsad, and I keep vague tabs on the Republican primary so you don't have to honestly save yourselves. Today, we will talk about the actual statistics on Bachelor Party mischief. We'll also talk about the debt ceiling and the joyful pride merch that some people inexplicably hate. Um, today, oh, you guys, I have such an incredible panel for us today. Um, I am joined by, well, you have, uh, I think, They've both been on this podcast before. Uh, you have heard him on this podcast. You have heard him on his own podcast. It's called Putting on Airs. He is a comedian that I've had just the distinct pleasure and honor to work with. He's so funny. He's just an incredible person. You should see him live if you ever get the chance. He's got books. I mean, there's so much of this man's material that you can just ingest nonstop, and you should. It is the one and only Corey Ryan, Corey Ryan Forster. 
Hello and again. Thank you. When I got to the climax of actually saying your name, I garbled it. it. I get it. I'm so (laughs) impressive. I'm so impressive that by the time you get through all that, you're like, who am I talking about? Da Vinci? Surely it's not, you know. I mean, completely. And I'm blushing. I'm sweating by that point. There's a lot going on. And this next panelist makes me sweat just as much um, with how excellent she is. She's a writer. She's a mental health advocate. She's got this really phenomenal podcast called Just between us that I've had again the honor and pleasure of being on um and it's so fun and it's so good um it is the one and only Allison Raskin oh thank you for having me I've been holding back giggles especially at at your Mike Pence dig <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll, we'll we'll get into a little bit more of that later in the episode um I just want to before we get into it I want to remind listeners that if you want to support the show you can do that at patreon.com slash Farsad perhaps you have not only been enjoying a a Thursday episode of Fake the Nation every week, but perhaps you've also been enjoying the Monday episodes of the Fake the Nation Succession Recap Podcast. And guess what? I am going to be announcing um, before before topic number three (laughs) what our next recap show is. Very excited. Um, But we are going to be continuing to do recaps. Um, And if you've been enjoying like a double dose of Fake the Nation universe, uh, it's maybe time, um, if you're able, to go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to support the show for as little as $4 a month. You get bonus episodes of the podcast. I just uploaded a bonus episode of the podcast um, yesterday, and uh, I think it was about p- bragging. Um, and it was really funny. Um, and it's, it's, the, it's the part of the show where just people get a little extra wild. So patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. And now let us get into it with topic number one. A new survey shows that 70% of Americans cheat on bachelor and bachelorette parties. 6,000 people were surveyed. And they define cheating as ranging from flirting or downloading a dating app during the party to sexting or sleeping with someone other than their partner. That is quite a range. Um, Now... Is this an obvious survey from No Shit Institute, or are you surprised to hear these actual numbers? Well, for the record, I did. I just read the stat. That, like a good liberal, I didn't actually click the link. I just read the thing <laughs> that you sent, and I was like, and I told my wife that, and she's like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, I mean, okay, if I find out that they're including, like, getting a lap dance at a strip club, then, like, that makes a lot more sense to me. So if you're including flirting... Then no, this this make honestly the the numbers higher. The numbers way higher if you include flirting because <laughs> you're hammered drunk, you're feeling yourself, your confidence is an all time high, and everyone wants to talk to you. And flirting is so very my, like my stand up, very subjective and not for everyone. Yeah, I saw this headline and I immediately thought, well, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, this is a very misleading. Who did they even ask? Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not I'm not buying this for a second. And then when you dive in deeper and they have 33.1% receiving a lap dance, I'm like, okay, we're we're doing some clickbait here. This is not an accurate representation of like full-blown yeah, cheating. The, <laughs> right. Yeah, because I mean lap dance, do you even – like I, I, I'll say about lap dances, it's interesting. I don't think at the time I even had a boyfriend. But like, okay, I, did I – I think I did have a boyfriend. Um, Not a significant one or one that I appreciated in any way. Yeah, you can't but remember I his had, name, to, but he existed. Who the fuck was this guy? <laughs> I had some sort 
a boyfriend and um and I had and I I arranged a bachelorette party. And of course I got a stripper because like whatever, yeah. who am I? You know, a monster. And so I get the stripper and he it's funny because I think there's like also a moment in the bachelorette party where maybe like people haven't drunk enough or maybe there's just like the 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 stripper's there and you're everyone's a little bit nervous about like like, is anyone going to actually, like, get a lap dance or whatever? Like, should we all just not? You know, and so you have to be, like, a party leader as the mm. person who's throwing the bachelorette party to be like, listen, we're all going to do this thing where this guy dances in our laps for, like, an extra dollar amount. And it's we're all going to squeal, okay? <laughs> this is basically, we're basically doing a sequel to Book Club, except for, we're you know, we're all the same woman. And... Um, and then, and then, you know, and then they'll, this will give permission to the rest of the women here to all, and gay men, because obviously modern times, New York City, what, um, to also receive the same, um, lap dance. And like, I did, I did it. I mean, it was also my duty. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, of course. It was was my duty and responsibility. Now that I think about it, actually, though. I now off the top of my head, there's three people in my life, various friends, uh, two female, one male that ended up getting divorced. And it was found out later that the person they they like left their spouse for someone else. And three of them had actually met that person on their bachelor. or No, (laughs) I I don't know why that didn't pop. It has a whole way different than just cheating. Three out of three. Like you're like there's I just, can... there's just three specific that come to my mind that, that this happened. I've had plenty of friends that got divorced for not that reason. Right, 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 three... right, 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 right. But three. Oh wow. Now, yeah. That. What were the other reasons? Oh no. You, you know, <laughs> in my hometown, in my hometown, it's usually uh, it's that because they've been together since they were 17, and then they turn 24 and realize that was insane. I didn't even know who I was, mm-hmm. let alone who I wanted to spend the rest of my Which life. Which is I hadn't huge. Even picked a major yet. Yeah, like that's that's the most like in the South that happens so much because you're yeah. encouraged to like date in the church and you know be a virgin or whatever, and then they go have sex with the one person they're supposed to have sex with, and they're like, you know what? I bet that'd be fun with that person too. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I I'm I'm very curious though, like what kind of meaningful exchange is happening at a bachelor slash bachelorette party that leads to a relationship that is ultimately marriage ending you know what i mean like i i that's the thing that i find shocking about your story no it's crazy i mean if i had to put my philosophical hat on for two seconds uh which i don't actually own one (laughs) but i would say that maybe in every situation this person was already getting cold feet and then they Mm. meet someone and then in this day and age used to it used to this wouldn't happen but in this day and age that other person starts following them on instagram so they're just seeing them all the time you know like this is a very new phenomenon to keep up with someone that you met at a bachelor party oh it's so that you the, the right to forget, right? According to the European yeah. Union, we all deserve the right to forget. Um, <laughs> Allison, you were going to say? Oh, yeah. I just had my bachelorette party uh, at like the end of oh, March. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I am By the leaving, way, I believe I, I saw some my photos. I believe I saw some for... photos on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because my, like, we literally were all in bed by like 11 p.m. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was. I was on antibiotics. I couldn't have a lick of alcohol. We had some weed. We were like, we were, we were, we had some nice meals. Like it was so tame. But the funniest part of it was like my, my sister, um, 
planned it and she's like meant to plan bachelorette parties like this is her plague to her strength yeah and we had like two dinners and the first dinner she was like okay so today we have the artistic penis straws and they were like (laughs) they were like kind of abstract and then the next day it was like okay today we're going wild and then it was like veiny penis straws gross I want to say that your bachelorette party sounds more like we talked about this months ago, and I don't know if it ended up um, as a bonus or on the show. I think it was on the show where we talked about the phenomenon of bachelor and bachelorette parties becoming more sleepy affairs and more like destination retreats. Yeah. So there's like two things happening simultaneously. Bachelor parties are and bachelor parties are raucous and crazy and people are cheating and there are sleepier ones and they're more like little mini retreats and everyone is tame. Um, by the way, I wanted to break down those numbers. So 33% reported getting a lap dance. Again, I just want to say for the record to my husband who truly never listens to this podcast, I don't view lap dances as at a bachelor party as cheating like whatever. I think it's like not a big deal. Um Smooching was reported by 21.3%. Now, smooching is, I do believe, in, in not something that I would love to happen, uh, for the record. <laughs> um, That's almost like the most cheating, if for some yes, reason. Like, I know it's just reason. first base, but it, for some, because it's just so much more intimate. It's like, yeah, I could, you know, some people might accidentally get blacked out and go, whoa, who's down there? But if you kiss, like, that was a, that's a very intimate thing. You know what I mean? Like, I would almost Agree. be more upset. Yeah. Um, a le- so 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 smooching was at twenty one point three percent. The p- potentially the most obs- yeah, like get like a fucking nice hand job before make yeah. like a like a tender makeout session. I mean, what? Yeah. Okay, eleven point two percent of attendees admitted to sleeping with someone else, and that's a big that's a big no no. Okay, in the Farsad home, and nine percent said they got hot and heavy in the sheets as part of a threesome. All right. Also hilarious. Uh, so those are the actual numbers um, broken down in this survey. Now, what I would like to also point out is states that were the most unfaithful. Okay, <laughs> Delaware topped the list as the most unfaithful state, <laughs> with nearly eighty-nine percent of its residents admitting admitting to cheating on their partners while attending the, these parties. Followed by now, I thought this was interesting. Followed by North Dakota. At 85.7%. And Idaho at 84.8%. I don't I mean, there's like, to me, no no Venn diagram that puts Delaware and North Dakota in the same situation. But uh, except for, you know, no, states get, of the union. Yeah, I get North Dakota. Especially if you're doing a destination bachelor or bachelorette trip and you've lived exclusively in North Dakota <laughs> your entire life. It's kind of like Rumspringa. You know what I mean? Like, I could see you going at me like, oh, my God, there's so much shit I had no idea <laughs> totally. about. And then going crazy. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I feel um, like this was such a self-selecting survey. Like, these these percentages must have are been. off the charts. Like, this is definitely like, who did they, how did they send this out? Everyone who cheated was like, oh, finally, I get to tell my spicy story. Like, I just don't buy this for a second. They polled the totally. first 6,000 people leaving Kid Rock's bar in Nashville. Right. And, yeah. Okay, I want to end this segment by by reading a quote from this piece that we all um, all uh, vaguely looked at, um, and the quote said this: "The pre wedding celebrations are often fueled by booze and controlled substances, according to one expert." 
Um, no fucking (laughs) shit, dude. You think booze and controlled substances are a part of bachelor and bachelorette parties? Even a a woman who had antibiotics was doing drugs. (laughs) So, um, anyways, I just thought that was a hilarious thing that the article needed to point out. Let's take a quick break so we can learn about our sponsors. And when we get back, we'll continue talking. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. We have a debt ceiling deal. We don't have to talk about this stupid debt ceiling for two years. And who knows, maybe we can win back all the chambers and get a bill passed that removes it entirely. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Kevin McCarthy and Biden did get this done. But let's remember, this is the same Kevin McCarthy that had like 12 rounds of votes to get elected speaker and ultimately had to agree with a cause that would allow any member of Congress to spark a recall vote of him. So... I guess, are you surprised that this got done, Corey? Uh, Well, first off, nothing really surprises me anymore. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. Right now, the Republicans do seem, at least a lot of them, like not not on like the Congress level. I feel like Congress is the level where they're allowed to be the most insane. (laughs) And then then a congressperson tries, like a crazy congressperson tries to run for senator, and they're like, wait a minute, hold on. You can be there. You can't be here. This is serious business. But I think that a lot of people are seeing... Trump and seeing a lot of people be disillusioned with Trump 
because all like all these people tried for years to just be a, a carbon copy of Trump. They're thinking, oh, well, if he does this, I'll just do that and people will like me. And then they quickly found out, they're like, no, that guy's got something you can't coach. You know what I mean? Everybody can't do that. And so now they're slowly starting to go back a little towards the middle, which really is just like being a regular Republican to be like, listen, we're not all insane. And as we know, Joe Biden is, you know, sort of Republican, too. So it makes sense to me that they agreed on something. But. I don't know. I'm not surprised with anything. Uh, I, I do think that this will not be the, the, you know, the end of this, obviously. There's probably some more crazy shit that, that we don't know about. I mean, I, I'm always, like, being pulled between, like, what I want and what I'm told is practical. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I, you know, like, it is, like, upsetting to me for Biden to be like, I'm not negotiating this. And he's like, yes, I am negotiating this. And then for us to sort of, like lose some things and to not be able to increase taxes and for there to be like this natural gas pipeline that mansion just sort of like threw in and you know i i it's like i'm sort of at a point where i'm like let's just let it let's just let it burn like let's just see like what happens if we like uh-huh. let the republicans like if we don't play ball with the republicans you know like let them like ruin our like let you know, like in a way of like, let's see what they actually want, have it happen, and then people be like, you, oh, "Were no. you going to say let them ruin our lives?" Is that <laughs> yes, what you were going to say? That's a hundred percent what was about to happen, and I'm for. I know I'm with you. Like we do live in a time. <laughs> I should we- I should clarify. I'm like being you know hyperbole, but like there is a level of like, okay, you want us to default, and you want it to be completely your fault. Like, okay, own that. Like t- you know, but but practically, the only problem is 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 that it's during the Biden administration. So Biden, you know what right. I mean? Like we, we, we all smart people know that like usually the problems we have currently are shit we're cleaning up from the last president. But we always like flip that narrative whenever we want it to suit us. So like Biden's going to get blamed yeah. for it. But I'm with you because like, unfortunately, we live in a time where like pragmatism seems like you're letting the other side win when in reality it's like, look, this is the best we're going to get. I don't know. But like at the end of the day, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Like in order for something to be like when you when you have a golf course and you want new grass, sometimes you light that bitch on fire and get <laughs> put completely new grass on it. You know what I mean? Like we can't just keep trimming this old ass grass and expect it to be different grass. Um, really love the landscaping analogies that we can really count on you to bring into yes. the fold. I have many thoughts on how landscaping is a uh, colonialist, by the way. We can talk about that on a different podcast like <laughs> oh mine, putting on air. <laughs> We we did a whole segment on lawns uh, at, a few months ago. Anyway, um, nice. the now I, I want to mention there's a couple things that we got that I thought were sort of nice. Uh, the spending restraints are going to only apply for two years instead of 10 years. So that kind of gets us to the next deadline. Um, food aid recipients age 50 to 54 will have to face new work requirements, right? But what they managed to do was... Um, pull out veterans and the homeless, um, they're excluded from that. So it ends up meaning that there could actually be more spending overall because of those exemptions. Um, so it, it strangely, between 25 and 2030, it looks like more people will qualify for SNAP benefits than they did before, which I think is like one of the, you know, an unintended consequence for Republicans. Uh, we did have to settle for a $20 billion trim off the $80 billion plan to bolster the IRS efforts to to get 
you know, wealthy tax cheats, uh, which is always interesting. Um, but uh, but they've also talked about like there being other kind of creative ways uh, for Biden to use, you know, his executive powers to maybe like put that put some of that money back or whatever. So it's like I can see I mean, like, you know, from a from a progressive standpoint, yes, these things are frustrating, but they're also just a little like snoozy. It's not like that <laughs> bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not exciting. And, and then the other interesting thing now, Allison, I, I, I want to ask you about this. So you 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 wanted the Republicans to ruin our lives just to see what it feels like. I don't. Okay. Um, I got carried away in the moment. I don't really want that. I live in the South. They already have. And it's not no, great. I know. I guess I just like I I'm sick. I'm sick of like pretending that we're negotiating with regular people. Like I'm right, sick right, of like right. us constantly being beholden to their whims and their and their rules and like they, well, you know. I'll tell you what. I mean, in terms of like us negotiating with pretending like who we're negotiating are regular people, McCarthy really like criticized Biden for waiting 97 days to come to the table. Um, but it was Biden's position that there no agreements happen in Washington until the deadline is looming. So Biden's whole plan was push push it to the limit so that everyone feels the pain and then starts making crazy decisions. Um, what do you think of this like last minuteism? I think I think that's smart. Like right, like they they're always going to try to change thing at the last minute. They're always going to throw some sort of hissy fit. So I think that that was I think that was a smart move. I mean, I do think that like overall, what we did was better than I think what maybe we had feared we'd have to do. Um, yeah, but I guess I'm I'm just I'm at a place where I'm just like uh, I don't want to give them any more. <laughs> like they're already <laughs> right taking so much from us. Like we we need to. You know, I'm glad that they didn't touch, you know, Social Security or or Medicare. Like, that's really important. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I also just think that the way this government is run is not right. Like, as you mentioned at the beginning, like, can we even step away yeah, yeah. from, like, having to do this every couple of years? And, like, right. you know, like a restructuring of the way that, like, what we think is possible is something I, I try to urge people to allow their brain to think about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the debt limit should be fucking eliminated. Like it yesterday, it should have been eliminated. This is just a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. We already agreed on the expenditures that it out that that we pay for. Like we agree on the expenditures that we then have to pay for. Like having this added step is so absurd. Um, other countries don't have it. It's ridiculous. Every you know, Democrats want to get rid of it. Uh, we should have gotten rid of it. We still haven't. Let's keep voting. But my last question on this, um, Corey, I'll ask you is that one of the things they did just like on a really simple um, kind of basic diplomacy route was that the Democrats refused to say if they liked anything as the negotiations were happening because they wanted Republicans to feel like they had the upper hand. (laughs) And so as a result, they sort of got a few more things because they were just like acting like, oh, this is we're not going to say a word. You know, like so no one no one could tell the Democrats were happy or not because everyone was like kind of sworn to silence. Um, I I kind of interestingly think this is a little bit more how government used to run. Right. The sort of like backdoor you know, shaking of hands, which sounds gross, but is actually like how things have sort of like 
been able to like those conversations have happened behind closed doors where you can say a bunch of crazy things without it being in the press and then make some decisions and do some actual negotiating. Um, Corey, what, what did you think about the this this additional strategery? Uh, well, I agree with everything you just said. But first off, as someone who has been pretty much forced to vote Democrat for my entire adult life, it doesn't surprise me that the Democrats are good at bluffing on something. <laughs> uh, but... But no, I mean, I, I, you know, I agree with you that 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 does sound like exactly how it used to be done. It's kind of Game of Thronesy, kind of sexy. You know what I mean? Don't yeah, show yeah, all your yeah, cards. Yeah, no, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with you. The thing that frustrates me the most about, and also, I'm actually glad to see Democrats using some sort of strategy, except for you know, but we're good. Uh, that's really nice. Um, but the whole thing is just frustrating because, as you were talking about earlier, with uh, we're the only ones that ever have to or do reach across the mm -hmm. aisle, and it just hearing about all this is so frustrating <laughs> because, like, because we, we do, we have to. Whenever, whenever there is a time for a pragmatic decision in this country, it is always the Democrats having to go fucking fine, okay, <laughs> right? Like I've never. I have never once heard a Republican go, we've got to reach across the aisle and, mm. and help out. Like, it doesn't happen. And it's so upsetting. And sometimes, back to what Allison was saying, it makes me go, let's all stop doing that, too. Let's just let it all burn down because eventually we got to call them on this shit. We can't be the ones that come in every single time and go, we'll give up something important to us if it means this happens because obviously you're not going to move the needle fucking at all. Right. And like we keep doing it and things keep getting worse. It's not like, oh, the country's moving in a good direction because we keep doing bipartisan measures. It's like, no, we Florida is now like a totalitarian state. Like we're losing control of the country through bipartisanship. Uh, but I Agreed. will say um, it, that the vote on this was like a hundred and something Republicans and like a hundred and whatever that those numbers are not right. But anyways, it was, <laughs> it was the right number that got to a majority. But it was like, it, you know, it was... Tens of tens of Republicans and tens of tens of Democrats, right? Like it was, um, and actually more Democrats than Republicans. So to speak to your point, Corey, but still, this was a. I feel like oftentimes they'll be like, "This was a bipartisan vote," and it'll be like, you know, three hundred Democrats and one Republican, right? Like, <laughs> right. and that that's not what this was. This was an actually many many Republicans and many many Democrats that kind of all voted on this thing. So in that sense, I do feel kind of good about calling this a bipartisan vote, about looking at a future where more Republicans do make the vote. Now, okay, you mentioned Florida being a totalitarian state. I'm going to spring this on you guys. We weren't going to talk about it. We're, we're taping earlier than we normally do, so I don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the week. But what we do know right now is that Ron DeSantis is running, right? We talked about him last week. Mike Pence is in the race. Um, he's got single-digit polling. What's a former <laughs> VP to do? I mean, Ron DeSantis is so unpleasant, but at least, he, I don't know, but he's got like a thing going on. Um, and he's, you know, he's running second in the polls to Trump. Mike Pence, though, to my mind, is nearly forgettable. Allison, what's your, what do you think? Does Mike Pence have a chance? What is his role here? I mean, I don't know because... Is there a scenario where Trump and DeSantis split the far right vote and then we have a more moderate like person come out Ooh. of the Republican primary? Ooh. I don't know. Like that that is that me being just so naive? Probably. Absolutely. But like, you know, there is there is a feeling like 
I mean, it's probably not Mike Pence, but if there was someone who was more reasonable running in the primary that that people who don't want to vote for Trump don't want to vote for DeSantis, but for whatever reason can't let go of their Republican identity could get behind, maybe that's good. I I don't know. It's it's all very, very scary. <laughs> I don't think you're being naive at all, because that actually sounds logical that that DeSantis and Trump like there's people in both camps now and I do see them splitting. And but here's the deal. That would if that makes Pence the nominee, he's the one of the worst candidates in history, and he easily loses. That would all be too good, and we know that that's not how this works. Like what what you're saying would be a layup, and there's no way we're getting that shit. Oh, but don't you want to believe in it just for a moment? I want it so bad, so bad, so bad. Well, you know, so another guy who's joining the uh, race, I think he's announcing today, is Chris Christie. There we go. What are you? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Chris Christie has run for president before um, that. Obviously, it has not worked out for him. He had a really memorable moment with Marco Rubio, I think, in the um, what was that 2016 when uh, Marco Rubio started sort of like repeating talking points or whatever. And Chris Christie really hammered him on it. And I think he's probably taken Trump. to t- I don't quite remember, but I think he took Trump to task on some of those debates. He's like an effective debater and he's like a not non-stupid person. Um what do you think? I mean, but he's, you know, he has just not shown himself to be a, a winner. What do you think of Chris Christie uh, being in the race? Great for comedy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I just lo- I do love hearing all these candidates that I'm now granted. We have to remember in 2015, when we heard Trump was a candidate, everybody was emphatically like, oh, yeah, OK, this isn't going to happen. But again, Say what you will about Donald Trump, but he is an outlier among outliers. Like you just you're not gonna catch lightning in a bottle like that again with some lunatic. I hope right. not. I don't know. <laughs> People love DeSantis in Florida. It's like it's all very upsetting. It's also hard for me because I'm like, at this point in the game, if you're still Republican, something is really wrong with you. So like, yeah, okay, Chris Christie, whatever, you know, but like they to be a Republican politician, you have to appeal to to these people that have no that 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 moral compass is off, you know, where like yeah. they don't care about other people like they care about themselves and the people they know, may- maybe. And then other people deserve to die. And so I, I don't know, like, is it even possible? Like, even if a Chris Christie gets the nomination, does he just slowly move to the right during the general like, right, I, and his whole thing is being anti-Trump. His whole thing is like, I'm the, I'm the alternative. But I could see it's like I'm anti-Trump in the primary, and then in the general, it's right. like, well, he had some good ideas. Like, you know, I that's and like then, my fear, it, right? And again, as if the as if the field wasn't crowded enough, because don't forget Nikki Haley is also in there. So is um, Ramaswamy, um, Doug Burgum who I've never heard of before, is the two-time governor of North North Dakota. North Dakota's coming up a lot today. (laughs) Um, He's um, he's also just a really rich guy who built a software company in North Dakota or invested in a software company. Anyways, he is also running and announcing this week. Um, Have either of you heard of Doug Burgum? No, no, not even a Great. little bit. Gotcha. No, good, I, good. listen, yeah. I'm a I'm a very stupid boy, and that's a deep cut even for smart people. I think. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, you know, again, all I know about Doug Bourbon is literally Bergam is literally what I just said about North Dakota and about him being rich. Um, so we'll see if he makes any waves with those two 
talking points. Um, all right, folks, let us move on uh, to, oh, let us move on to a very important announcement, which is I'm going to announce the show that we're going to do next here on Fake the Nation. We're doing recaps. They will probably drop on Mondays or Tuesdays. We're working that out with our brilliant producer, Andrew McGuire. But the two of us, we're talking and we, I've been getting emails from all of you about what should be the next show that we recap here on Fake the Nation. And um, thank you so much to people that have listened, who have enjoyed it. I'm just really heartwarmed. And I want to give you guys an opportunity to catch up on this next series because I think it's so gosh darn good. It is The Bear. It is FX's oh. The Bear, which you can also find on Hulu. Are you guys fans of The Bear? So big of a fan. Oh, my it, God. I mean, it get. It gave me flashbacks, uh, but you know, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, and my wife is a big stand for uh, Lip from Shameless. Yes, so, yes, yeah, yes, it, Lip from so Shameless. It, yeah, it was something that we both enjoyed. I thought it was just fantastic. Um, so, folks, I think this is such a ph- phenomenal series. And it's short episodes, like 30-minute episodes. So, like, get yourself caught up on season one. We're going to do a, a recap episode of all of season one. And then we're going to launch into recapping um, the episodes two by two um, for the following, like, four weeks or something. So um, so tune in to your your local Fake the Nation feed on <laughs> On June 19th or 20th, and um, you will find The Bear Season 1 recap, and then we'll start in to Season 2. Season 2 drops on June 22nd, so give yourself some time to enjoy Season 1. And um, and by the way, if Episode 1 is too stressful for you, it does calm down. But like that's yeah, part of the excitement, it's, it is that it's str- so a lot's going on. And Bob Odenkirk is showing up in season two. So if you need any more reason. Exactly. Gee, I didn't even know that Bob Odenkirk I was just showing up. My wife told me yesterday. My wife Jesus told me yesterday. Christ, She's like, Saul's going to so be phenomenal. in the show. Okay. Okay. Yep. Woo. I'm so excited. Uh, the Bear recaps from Fake the Nation coming at you June 19th or 20th. Uh, look at your feed. All right. Let's move into topic number three. Um, right-wing internet people were going into Target stores, posting videos of themselves, tearing down pride displays, and accusing staff of being satanic pedophiles, and just, like, whatever, making regular entertaining TikToks of that. Um, you know. So, in response, Target removed some merchandise altogether and took some of the displays to the back of the bus, as it were. Um, so, given that some of the staff were in jeopardy, what should Target have done? Allison, what do you think? I think Target should have hired more security. (laughs) Like, I think that they should have stood by the LGBTQ community. I think that they should have put their money where their mouth is. They should have just hired security guards to be in front of these, you know, parts of the store. And they should have not allowed people to feel in danger. You know, obviously, I want to be cognizant of the Target employees, especially the Target employees who are part of that community who might feel extra targeted. Um, But I think that like, that's a major corporation that could afford to like increase security for the month of June so that they could send a strong message that they have support and that they are going to stand behind this merchandise. They're going to stand behind Pride. But of course, instead, they did the opposite and just, you know, backpedaled and once again proved that if you if you make a ruckus, if you misbehave, if you break the rules, then we will appease you. Yeah, I mean, it's also another example of uh, doing the the pragmatic thing being once again kowtowing to that side. Mm -hmm. 
And you know what I mean? Like there, I, I do listen, if you're looking at it from strictly a business standpoint and the safety of their employees, sure. I could see how in a vacuum it's like, okay, this is the right thing to do. But like you said, target can afford to take the hit. And also, but also it really proves the thing that we all know to be true, but we don't want to say because we love it so much when our favorite pair of jeans brand changes their, you know, logo to rainbow for the month. They don't really give a right. shit. Like, it's all about the money. And the thing is, is that, that because that's true, it actually makes me feel good about the future because corporate brands are always doing whatever they think will make the most money. And whatever will make the most money is going by the popular sentiment. So this is corporations going, I think the world is actually turning into a more accepting place overall, and we should cash in on that. So obviously, it's, a, it's just a cash grab thing. And as soon as they were in fear of... Of losing customers like oh we got to go back on it but like the fact that corporations who would other dude some of these corporations would never have a black model in the 70s or 80s you know what i mean the fact that the needle is moving in the direction to where they think it is a good business decision for us to be inclusive i think that's the one thing that i latch on to this and go all right that's actually a good thing and all this bullshit that's a that's a good thing but what about that they take it right back <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well that's just because they're they're fucking full of shit. You know what I mean? Like, no, I I mean I agree with you. I, I, it's 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 pitiful. The re the main thing that I take away from all this is like, do it. You know, we listen. We of course uh, we live in a place that you have the right to protest. Now you don't have the right to be violent and infringe upon the your you know your rights in where someone else's begins. But like, it's fine. Do 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 your thing, right wing. Protest this. Go into Target and you know go home and burn these shirts. That's fine. But don't you mother fucking dare come talk to me about cancel culture about being people being too big of wimps or pussies or what just don't do it if we if you will stop doing that i swear to god i'll turn a blind eye to this because at least you're not being hypocritical but don't you like fucking you know they they took off some pepe Le Pew cartoons uh, a couple days ago and everybody's losing their goddamn mind like oh everybody's so sensitive well i mean this is a sexually aggressive skunk that's a completely different thing and these are <laughs> kids cartoons but like you don't get to say that that kids should see pepe if you also think oh my god if i see a kid in a rainbow shirt i'm gonna go take it off because clearly his parents are groomers like you're a goddamn lunatic and you don't believe the shit that you say um i want to point out like okay so there this is this is the 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 problem with rainbow capitalism is that there's like an opportunity to make money we're like capitalizing on a on a movement that seems to be clearly ha ha uh, accepted by the larger population. If there's a way to make money, let that then then these uh, corporations are like, let's make money. But the but I do what I think. There's a point here that I think is true, Corey, which is that like the mere presence of the rainbow T-shirt is making it is kind of like creating this norm. This is is normalizing the you know LGBT community community in the lar in larger mainstream America in the same way that when you see sort of like Christmas merch I don't when I see Christmas merch I'm not like oh this is about Jesus like it's not it's divorced right. from right. so in, in so I, there's a argument good and bad here but it's like it's so normal to me 
Like I'm a Muslim and I go and look at the Christmas merch and I think it's so fun. Just as I'm a straight person, I go and look at the, you know, pride merch because I think it's so fun. It's like so normalized for me as a shopper. It is kind of divorced from its original meaning and it and the original meaning just isn't like heated anymore, right? Like right. F- I think for the average person, that's kind of what you're what you're pointing at. Corey is like latching onto this thing of like it's so normal for these things to be there in the store that it's just not heated anymore and that's kind of like is a win I think for sure Um, for sure like the the target not standing by and uh, and and doing the wrong you know target's response here was not good uh, but if I you think try to the, make everybody happy, you make nobody happy. Right. So the same people hate them for putting it in, but now the liberals are going to be like, "Well, I'm not going there because you backpedaled." Like, just fucking take a stand, pick a side, bro. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is like, I think that the taking it back it does more harm than if they hadn't had it there in the first place. In a lot of ways, because it it like it is showing once again, like we've been talking about that, like throwing these hissy fits, getting violent, breaking laws, breaking rules. It's like, okay, like you win. Great. We'll take it out. Like, you know, like I I think it just incentivizes Republicans to keep acting this way because they keep getting the, they keep getting the results that they want. Yeah. And I think also like, you know, when you talk to activists there, you know, in a, in a lot of situations like this, these T-shirts and all the TikToks, this is a distraction. The real issues are not the, this. It, no one technically cares about a T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like the real issues um, are deeper and they're about public health and they're about housing and they're about poverty. Like, the, you know, um, and how it affects, um, you know, the LGBTQ community. So, like, I think um, I think it's in some ways Target gave it a little too much fuel Right. Like by by back, you know, but instead of just quietly being like, oh, yeah, we hired more security, not a big deal later, you know, like they kind of gave it too much fuel um, by like being like, oh, well, I guess we'll move these to the back. That blah, 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 blah. It's sort of. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it, it backfired completely. What? It's fascist one fascism one oh one like it, like with the Republican lawmakers that are going crazy about the rainbow shirts, which is this: create a problem that didn't actually exist, solve it, and be exalted a hero yes, when the yes, underlying yes. issues are completely different. Just like, and I'm not I'm not saying that this is apples to apples. I'm just saying that also. Um, the uh, Nazis weren't just mad about the Jewish businesses taking money away from the the Germans. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the thing they say out loud. But right. underneath it, it's that we don't want these people to exist, period. Because all of these people say, oh, no, I'm fine with you living your life. I just don't want it shoved down my throat all the time. And it's like, that means you're not fine with it. <laughs> like, that, mean, that 100% means you're not fine with it. Like, dude, just fucking go on about, listen, I'm not gay. I'm not trans. I'm not. I, I just. I just go now. Granted, I'm supportive and stuff, but like, I just fucking. I've never once, as a white man, walked around and thought, "God damn, my culture is being taken away from me." It's insane. Like, it's so fucking insane. And also, let me tell you something. These sons of bitches who were like, "Let me tell you, the founding fathers would hate this." George Washington got inaugurated in a pink blouse. He wore pantyhose and a motherfucking wig. All right? So don't tell me what the founding fathers would and wouldn't have done. Oh, God. Love a reminder about George Washington's outfits. I mean, it's so true. 
All right, folks, let me know. What do you think of this? Uh, are you still buying? By the way, why do I love buying Pride merch and just like looking at it? And it's like it's I it's like just some of the it's I feel like a dirty, uh, you know, just like talk about like um fast what does that call fast clothing or whatever like just like mm-hmm. way like stuff that'll just like end up in a in textile recycling <laughs> just, but it's so fun anyway uh, yeah. um okay folks hit me up what do you think that folks is the end of the show now i'm i don't know if you guys have noticed this but the two of you have formed just this perfect um just gorgeous flower of a panel together and I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow all of the wonderful works that you do because I think you're so incredible. Corey, where do they do that? Um, it's at Corey R. Forrester on all social platforms. And I would to plug one more thing. I, I'm a lot more active on my Substack, uh, which Ooh. you can find by going to parttimefunnyman.com. I do, uh, I write essays, I write poetry, I do bonus podcasts, I do audio dramas, all of it decent. So please join me over there. <laughs> Right. It's for a second. It sounded like a, a an erudite only fans page. No, um, it, it kind of is. <laughs> um, Allison, where do they find you? Where's your erudite only fans page? <laughs> also on Substack. Um, <laughs> you can find uh, my Substack is called Emotional Support Lady, and it's all kind of mental health focused, but. That includes every part of our lives because our mental health is everything. Um, and it's essays, some fiction, also have some podcasts on there. And then you could listen to my weekly show just between us every Wednesday for the main show. And then we've also started doing a really fun Monday deep dive into Reddit show, um, which people can check out too. Oh, check out that podcast. It's so wonderful. Check out both of these people. They're so incredible. And you know where to find me in all things that I do. Um, Again, we're going to be doing The Bear. And if you have any questions, if you have any ideas, um, if you have anything at all, you can email us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. But what I would really love to do is thank all the people that make this show a reality. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic theme music was written by Gobby Alter. Um, you, thank you to everyone at HeadGum for making this show a reality. And um, again, fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com, patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to support the show. And otherwise, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.